Hello there, and thank you for joining me today on Set Apart with KC. You know, I try every week to keep my podcast short. Um, I'm a mom, I work full time, and I homeschool four kids. I work weekends so that I can homeschool during the week. And I understand, uh, you know, time constraints. It's just, it's so hard because there is so much going on at the same time. And I want you to be informed. And I know it's so difficult to be informed nowadays with the level of censorship that's going on. I'm experiencing it myself on my page, on my personal page, on my pro-informed consent page. Um, It's definitely increasing the censorship. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but on Facebook, the when it's marked false information, they don't even let you see what the false information is anymore. And I actually, I I had a fact check. I had a partly false fact check this week. Um, I just shared a post that said, you know, that some other pilots have joined in with um, the Southwest pilots. And my, my, that's all I wrote. That's all it was, was like, hey, some other pilots have joined the Southwest pilots. And, uh, the, the partly false fact check was that the flights over the weekend weren't canceled because of the mandate. They were canceled because of weather. Now, I didn't say anything about any canceled flights, but I was marked partly false because I said that some pilots were joining the Southwest pi- pilots. Now, the Southwest pilots have come out and said and, and filed a lawsuit. They've come out and made a video. Uh, one of them has representing them all saying like, hey, we're not going to stand for this. And so, I mean, it's definitely happening. It's definitely a real thing. But this just goes to show how real the, the censorship is and how difficult it is and more difficult it's going to get to get information. But anyway, so I'm just going to, I'm going to try my best to keep this short and sweet and to the point. Uh, I really want to talk about today is um, government protection. You know, the government wants us to let them protect us. But where does that start? And where does it end? Uh, Does the government have a duty to keep us safe, safe in every minute of our lives, safe in everything that we do? To what extent? Um, And are they even able to do this? Are they able to to protect us, um, you know, in an everyday way? Now, obviously, I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this, you know, Uh, It started with COVID. It started with two weeks to slow the spread. It wasn't even to stop the virus. It was just to slow the spread, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve. um, And then, you know, and then lockdowns and then masks and then vaccines and then passports. And, you know, here we are. Um, But where where does it end? Uh, the, The government has decided it could lock us down. It could cover our mouth, cover our mouths. It could determine how many people we have in our homes. It could close our churches. It could close our schools. And it's decided it can punish us if we don't choose to get a vaccine that they feel we should have. And I just have to ask, what gives them this right? Right? We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But does that mean that they have to ensure that? that we are happy, or is it just that we have the ability to have a life? Because liberty's 
in with that so that life should have liberty with it, right? And the pursuit of our own happiness and our own liberty. Oh, I'm rambling a little bit here, but are you guys watching right now what's happening in Australia? Who stupidly, and I've commented on this, who stupidly gave up their guns years ago? They have this uh, COVID zero plan. Now, granted, uh, they've come right out and said like, okay, it's not possible to have zero COVID cases. Like this is failing miserably and their economy is completely tanked. But it seems like, and I know this is just what it seems like because again, the media, but it seems like only a small amount of people in Australia are fighting back, even though we see some TikToks here and there and we see these actual protests but it doesn't seem like a lot of them are fighting back. And even people who are living in Australia feel like all is lost. And I think this is such a warning to us. You know, is this coming here? Is it coming here that they're they're going to do this? No, I don't think so. Because we look at things like states like Texas and Florida uh, who, who are fighting back. You know, Florida, all the flack they've gotten. I think they're in the top five states for the lowest um uh, cases right now, or lowest lowest deaths, one of them. Uh, Governor DeSantis just just uh, Facebook messaged about it today. You know, uh, Facebook tweeted, I believe it. He tweeted and he also wrote a Facebook post about it, so you can go check that out. But I don't think it's coming here in that sense. Uh, I think we still have our guns, and we have gun owning patriots, and we have officers. And, and military who wouldn't allow this to happen. They wouldn't do what officers in, in Australia are doing and, and hurt their people. Some would, but I think a majority of them wouldn't. But I am very concerned about the direction this is, this is going in. So again, I ask you, where is the line? And, and my main point for today is that you know where your line is and that you're ready to stand and fight when that line is crossed, if it wasn't already. Now, I, I was discussing this with my husband yesterday. You know, what what was the largest indicator of severe cases and hospitalization in COVID? Do you know, do you know what that was? Because it was, according to the CDC, a, a CDC study found that 78% of hospitalizations were in the obese. Okay, so if it's really about health, if it's really about health and safety, why aren't people mandated to go to the gym? Why isn't that free and not the vaccine? Why isn't a nutritionist free? Why isn't a meal planning service free for those who are obese? Why isn't it mandated that we go to the gym? Now, vitamin D deficiency was also linked in, in severe COVID cases. So why wasn't every person who was considered at risk tested for the vitamin D levels? Why wasn't that a standard protocol? Why weren't nursing homes having that done immediately and supplementing as needed? Why were gyms and parks locked down if, 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 if obesity and vitamin D deficiency were a main issue? Why couldn't people go to gyms and why couldn't people go outside? Why were the parks locked down? Why were were um, every single place outdoors you could think of completely locked down? State parks were closed. Why were kids told to stay home? Why were their p- playgrounds and their, um, their playgrounds taped off and their swings and their basketball hoops taken away for months on end? Our park was closed for over a year for the kids. 
Now, we're fortunate we have a big backyard, but there are kids who live in apartment buildings who had nowhere to go. If it was really about health and safety, why weren't these things taken into consideration? Is it the job of the government to alleviate every risk? And if it is, when will these other mandates be taking place? When will cigarettes and alcohol be made illegal? They sure don't ha- help with health and safety. What about vaping? Big, big, big trend right now. Really not good for you. When will we stop selling chips and candy and soda and only sell essential healthy foods? Um, will you get a passport showing you did your 30 minutes of exercise in the gym today? Are you going to wear a Fitbit and that tracks it and you have to send your report in every day that you did so much exercise? And if you go over a certain weight while you're at the doctor, are you going to be penalized in some way? Like these people who are being penalized on their health insurance if they don't have the COVID vaccine or their spouse doesn't have it? I need you to tell me, please, where does it end? Now, again, we know none of this is going to happen. We know that it was never about health. It was about control. It was about compliance. Because if it was about health, they would have incentivized exercise and eating well, not incentivized vaccines with free donuts. But obese patients are profitable. They are profitable to the weight loss industry. They are profitable to pharmaceutical companies. They are profitable to the food industry if if their obesity is a direct result of nutrition and how they eat. And they are profitable to doctors and hospitals as well. Because they generally require more health care over the span of their life. And listen, I'm not knocking anyone here. I am technically considered obese. Um, I struggle with my thyroid um, and I have a very difficult time losing weight. And because of that, I am considered overweight and obese. And I would love to change it. And, And I have, you know, I just had knee surgery, so that didn't help as well. I would love to lose some weight. And I'm not saying that there aren't things that I could do better. But what I'm stating is that if the government is going to say that they are in charge of our health and safety to save lives, then they need to be across the board. No, I don't want them to be. I'm just saying if that's really what it's about. But it's not. And we know that. And and my push to you is decide where, at what point, are you going to no longer comply? Okay? Because... I just don't think, you know, my, 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 my main point, okay, is that at no point in, in the founding fathers, you know, writing all of this and, and, and forming this country and writing the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and forming our country, at no point did I think that they, it was a thought in their mind that they were going to be able to keep us healthy and safe, safe from everything that could possibly harm us. We know that that's impossible. Life has risks and we choose them every day. When you eat, you risk if you're going to choke, if it's going to make you sick. Um, uh, when, when, you, when you go drive, that's a huge risk every single day. When we go to work, when we have children, when we put our kids on the bus or drop them off at activities, all of this is risk. Life is not without risks and the government is not there to stop you from those everyday risks. People die from a cold, almost every day people die from very simple things. People die in car accidents every single day. The government could save about 90 people every single day 
if it didn't allow driving. Again, I'm not encouraging these things. I'm just stating where's the line because they would save more lives if alcohol was illegal, um, not only through, um, uh, you know, saving people's health, but also drunk driving. But we don't, we don't see this. We don't see them stopping these things. And that's because it's always been accepted that life has risks and people die. They keep pushing that they are trying to protect us. But I would say that it was never um, the government's business to protect us in this sense. From invasion? Yes. From terrorists? Yes. But from a virus with a 99.7% survival rating? No. The government has gotten too big for its britches, and much like the 42% of the nation, it has grown fat with excess. Excess spending, excess power, excess regulation, etc., etc. The government needs to be put on a diet, to be frank, for real. It needs the harness to be pulled back, and we need to rein it back in. We need to take back the power of the people. We, the people, we hold the power. Read the Declaration of Independence. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are what we were endowed with by our creator, not our government. The government's only purpose was to ensure, through freedoms of speech, freedoms of the press, freedom of religion, freedom before the law, etc., that we were not impeded in living our life as our creator endowed us to. So if you've reached that line, or it's already been crossed, or you're close to it, it's time to stand up and not give the government an inch. To remind the government why it is there and who the real boss actually is. And as a last note for today, I I want to remind you of this quote from Kennedy. I know you've heard it, but it really is true. It's the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. I encourage you to not do nothing. Now, I hope today's podcast encourages you to seek out where you stand and why you stand where you stand and to be ready to rise up when the time is right. Join me next week on Set Apart with KC, only on the BMG Network. Set Apart with KC was produced, edited, and recorded in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of Set Apart with KC, go to thebmgnetwork.com. Join me next time on Set Apart with KC, only on the BMG Network.